then we'll, we'll look into John 16. John 15 and John 16. Hey, I'm excited that you're here today. Amen? And I apologize. I'm going to keep messing with this ear thing. It's supposed to, be, it's supposed to be better than what we have. And every time I mess around with it, it feels like it's going to come off. So I apologize. John 15 and then John 16. And we're talking about, the last few weeks we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. Um, God is the Father, He's the Son, and He's the Holy Spirit. Okay? And a lot of times in churches, we don't talk about the Holy Spirit enough or that much. And so a lot of times we think the Holy Spirit is like this, this ethereal being that hides, or He's like Casper, the friendly ghost. He just kind of comes and tickles us every once in a while. Ooh, it makes me feel good. The Holy Ghost is, is as important as Jesus and God the Father. They all work together. And so I want to give us a little bit of an inspirational slash instructional teaching about what the Holy Spirit does and the ten works of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so if you have your, your Bible, John, first turn to John uh, 15 and verse 26. It says, When the Counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Holy Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Okay, so Jesus says the Holy Spirit, the Counselor, will come to you and testify about truth. He'll testify about Jesus. Then, if you go to uh, John 16, verse 5, John 16, verse 5, it says, and I might have the slides up there for part of this. Now, this is Jesus speaking to the, to the believers. Now I am going to him who sent me, yet none of you ask me, where are you going? Because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Verse 8, when he comes... He will convict the world of sin, of guilt, and in regard to sin, and righteousness and judgment. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I'm going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. In verse 11, and in regard to judgment, because of the prince of this world, now stands condemned. Verse 12, now I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you, listen to this, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. He will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by, make, by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we ask you to enlighten us. Open our eyes. Father God, we want to glorify you. Jesus, we are grateful that you are, are the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you allow us to live with you and you want to live in us. And so, Spirit, awaken our bodies, awaken our spirits, awaken our minds, awaken us today and give us your power and let us hear what you're going to say today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, as I've been talking about, God wants to live with you. Isn't that awesome? God wants to live with you. He wants you to know Him. He wants you not only to live with Him, but He wants you to live in abundant and a victorious life. Amen? Okay, now how many of you know living in the world can suck life out of you? I talk about that often, right? Your work, your family, the, the world will suck life out of you. And so God gives us a power to fill us up, and His name is the Holy Spirit. When you become a Christian, He lives in you, and then also then you can have subsequent infillings of the Holy Spirit to be refreshed, to be renewed, to be empowered. So we're going to talk about that this morning. And so first, every believer has the Holy Spirit. Say, if I'm a believer, I have the Holy Spirit. In me. Okay? And so, so the Holy Spirit is here to give us life. And the Holy Spirit has a job description. Okay? We're going to talk about that job description. 
And reading in the Bible, it's not a guesswork. It's very clear what the Holy Spirit will do for us and guide us and empower us. And so, these works that the Holy Spirit has will help us to live the abundant life that Jesus talks about in John 10.10. Are you ready? Okay, so if you really listen today, say, Holy Spirit, I want to hear from you. We're going to see how the Holy Spirit helps us in our everyday, day-to-day life and to help us to live a victorious life. Are you ready? Ten works of the Holy Spirit, okay? God wants your life to be extraordinary. He doesn't want it to be mundane. He doesn't want it to be boring. He doesn't want you just, as I talk about often, to live a life, have a career, pay taxes, die, and go to heaven. That's part of life, but that's not all of life. Amen? God has greater, extraordinary things for your life. And so here it is. The first thing is this is the Holy Spirit exalts Jesus. The Holy Spirit exalts Jesus. John 15:26. When the Counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who goes out from the Father, He will testify about Me. And then in John 16:14, He will bring glory to Me by taking from what is Mine and making it known to you. The primary work of the Holy Spirit is to glorify Jesus. Say glorify Jesus. So the Spirit is always concerned about glorifying Jesus. Now, how many of you know that there are other spirits in the world that are not from God? Okay, there are evil spirits. There's the worldly spirit. There's, the, there's a lot of deceptive spirits. And they want to lead you and I astray. Every day, they're, they're speaking to you. And I, and I know you probably get tired of hearing me say this, but it works through your internet. It works through your school. It works through the government sometimes. It works through, through the media. It works through political parties. It works through your neighbors. It works through schools. It's constantly telling you that you don't need God or God is, is false. And it's always telling you and trying to lead you astray. But the Holy Spirit's always saying, no, God is the way. Jesus is the way. And I'm here to testify about Him. And He's living in you. And He wants you to know the truth. Amen? Isn't that awesome? And so the Spirit is always concerned about exalting Jesus. Now let me talk about this just for a minute. The Spirit is not concerned about exalting one church over another. The Spirit is not concerned about exalting one believer over another. He is concerned about exalting Jesus. Do you understand this? Now unfortunately, unfortunately today, in, in, in our world, we have Christians and ministries that exalt themselves over other ministries. Okay. Now this is pretty interesting. The, the new pope, he's from Argentina, right? How many of you know that? It's pretty interesting because it seems like the new pope of the Catholic Church, he seems to be a humble man. He doesn't want to draw attention to himself. In fact, while he was the archbishop in Argentina, he cooked for himself and he rode the El Micro, the, the bus system. And so when he was, again, picked to be the pope, he, he called his friends in, in Argentina and said, don't waste your time flying out here to see me during an inauguration. Take that money you would have spent on the airline tickets and give it to the poor. That is pretty awesome, isn't it? And so it's, it's kind of quite the contrast because sometimes in the Christian realm, specifically and sadly in the Pentecostal charismatic realm, you have these superstar Christians. And it's very sad because this is, this is documented that, that you have some of them that are swept up into the exalting of themselves and that you have to go to their church, you have to go to their ministry, and if you, if you don't go to their church, you're not going to receive this healing. If you don't go to their ministry, you're not going to receive this thing. And, and Jesus, that's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit exalts Jesus all the time, whether it's a mega ministry or a minuscule ministry, whatever your mindset calls them. And you see, these ministers, they, 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 live, they have bodyguards, they have $10,000 per night hotel rooms, they have private jets and limos. I don't see Jesus living like that. Amen? And they claim to be spirit-filled. And they say, man, if you come to my church or my ministry, I'll bless you and I'll, I'll speak all over you and you'll be blessed. But you've got to give me money. 
Did you see Jesus doing that? Did you see the apostles doing that? They went out preaching the gospel. They wanted to exalt Jesus. Amen? So, so sadly, we, we Pentecostals, Caramelics, we fall into this, ooh, ah, they work in the gifts of the Spirit. Wow, no, the Holy Spirit's gifts are always to exalt God. Always bring glory to Jesus. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We see them operate here. But they're never for us to worship. They're here to lead us to Jesus. Amen? Now, there are some great ministries, mega ministries. They're doing great things, and they don't care about themselves. And they, they see a lot of funds coming in and out, but they're glorifying Jesus. Amen? But whenever you see a minister or a ministry, it's all about them, then I don't think they're listening to the Holy Spirit. Amen? Because the Holy Spirit wants to exalt Jesus. Amen? He comes that believers will be deeply impressed with the person of Jesus, not a person. Amen? Amen. Good preaching, isn't it? Yes, it is. Number two, we need truth. Number two, the Holy Spirit convicts us. Oh, we hate conviction, don't we? We hate it, don't we? We hate it when we're wrong. Come on, raise your hand. I don't like people telling me I'm wrong. So don't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I love it sometimes when the Holy Spirit convicts me. And He pulls me and He says, Don't do that. That's destructive. Why are you going that way? That's wrong. Don't think that way. Check this out. John 16, 8-11. When He comes, He will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. In regard to sin because men do not believe in Me. In regard to righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can see Me no longer. And in regard to judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. You see, the Holy Spirit is like the prosecuting attorney of God. He's not there to just condemn you so that you feel judged, but He's there to say, I'm preparing you because Jesus is coming back. And if you're living in sin, you're not going to go to be with the Father. The Bible is very clear. We have this mindset that, hey, if I accept Jesus, I can live like I want and I can do what I want, and that's not correct. Jesus says, if you love me, you will what? Obey my commands. You'll do them. We see we live in America where people can do what they want. Well, I've accepted Jesus, but there's no change in their lives. And I'm saying that they're probably not hearing the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit's saying, no, yes, you're saved, but now you have to change. And I'm going to show you how to change. I'm going to show you how to be free of this world system. Amen? So the Holy Spirit comes to, to bring conviction to us so that we're free and we're ready to meet God when He comes. You see, the Spirit works in three areas in this conviction area. First... He gives us the awakened sense of sin. You see, before we were Christians, we didn't know the difference between sin. We didn't know what it was all the time. Sometimes we did, sometimes we didn't. The Holy Spirit comes and He awakens our senses. He exposes sin and unbelief in order to awaken us. Say, you know what? I need God. I need God. This stuff's destructive. I don't need this. I need God. Amen? Do you see this? He helps unbelievers see their unbelief and resistance to Jesus. And babies help us do that too sometimes. It's awesome. Love kids. So Jesus speaks to us through the Holy Spirit and He wants us to be free. The Holy Spirit draws us to Jesus. The second part of the conviction is the Spirit also affirms the righteousness of Jesus. Jesus is righteous. Say that. Jesus is righteous. You see, we live in a time where political political correctness is taking the righteousness of Jesus away and throwing it out. It's basically saying Jesus is your homeboy and if you just love Him, He's like that. Remember I talked about the hippie Jesus? Hey man, peace, love, whatever you want to do, it's good. That, that's not Jesus. Jesus went to people and said, go and sin no more. 
Remember that? He called people sinners. He, he went to them and said, but you can be free by following me. See, the world says, well, you guys are a bunch of haters because you're saying that I have to live a certain way. And we're saying, we're not saying this. Jesus is saying this. And so the Holy Spirit brings conviction and says, the righteousness of Jesus is greater than our sins. And see, the Pharisees, remember, they called Jesus the devil. The religious people called Jesus the devil. And I see that today. People who call themselves politically correct Christians are calling other Christians the devil. Oh, you're full of hate. You're so closed-minded. No, we're trying to follow Jesus and the Holy Spirit. We're no better than you. We just want to follow Jesus. Amen? Do you see what the Holy Spirit does in our lives? And you see, this, this Spirit makes us aware of the standards of Christ's righteousness. And this righteousness offends us. Did you know that? That's why Jesus is called the rock of offense. You trip over it. It offends you. And so people are offended when, when we say the only way to heaven is through Jesus. Now, we're supposed to coexist. All roads lead to heaven. No, they don't. Jesus specifically said, not Stan Nelson, not a bunch of white men, not a bunch of black men. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man comes to the Father except through Jesus Himself. Me. Amen? So political correctness is trying to scrub away the righteousness of Jesus and say, you can live what you want, you can do what you want, you can be what you want, and you'll still make it to heaven. And, and the Holy Spirit says, no, absolutely not. And so you've got to listen to the voice of the Spirit, not the voice of the world. Amen? This is good preaching. Amen? You see, churches that, that write off sin and, or allow it, and they condemn other churches because, again, they've lost hearing the voice of the Spirit. And I'm fearful for the church in America because I think we're listening less to the Spirit. We're listening more to the Spirit of the world. Because we want to be accepted. I don't want to be accepted by the world system. I want to be accepted by Jesus. And He is going to offend people. You have one church that says, well, Jesus never turned people away. I say, Did you, do you read the Scriptures? He did turn people away. People were turned away because they were offended by His teachings. You need to know the Bible and the Holy Spirit will help us. Amen? Through guiding us in righteousness and showing us the truth. And so the last part, lastly, the, the third part of being convicted by the Spirit is the Spirit convicts uh, of the judgment that has come because of the prince of the world. Because Satan will be judged and those who follow him will be judged. So the Spirit convinces people that Satan has been defeated and he will be judged. And then he convinces us that there is a judgment coming and prepare for it. Now, you can be ready for it and you don't have to be judged. Amen? It's by accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior and confessing your sins and making Him the Lord of your lives. Amen? You see, listen to this. There's going to be a future judgment of the entire human race. Jesus is going to come again and He's going to judge all of us. Now, either you're going to be a Christian and be accepted and be at what we call the Bema Seat, which is kind of the awards banquet. And if, that, if you're not ready and you didn't accept Christ, then there's going to be what's called the Great White Throne Judgment. You don't want to be at the great white throne judgment. Get this in your mind. If you don't understand that, you need to read the book of Revelation. You need to read the book of Corinthians. There are two judgments. The first judgment is the Bema Seat, talked about in Corinthians, where this talks about this is the award banquet, basically. God says, you've been redeemed, you're faithful, and then there's the great white throne judgment, which all people will stand before God, and they'll, and they'll say, but Lord, and He'll say, you didn't accept my ways. Depart from me. And they will be cast in the lake of fire with Satan. You don't want that judgment. Trust me. Amen? That's why the Holy Spirit speaks to us today. Now, so we're prepared to be with Jesus at the Bema Seat. Amen? I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to tell you the truth. Amen?
You see, churches and pastors that do not publicly expose sin and call people to repentance and biblical righteousness are probably not directed by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Let's talk about the third thing. Now, some of you are like mad or you're scared or nervous. Number three, the Holy Spirit regenerates us. Jesus said in John 3, 5, I tell you the truth, no one enters the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and of the Spirit. You see, spiritual regeneration comes through the, spirits, the Spirit of God living in us. Okay? Humans are dead. We're dead to Christ. We're dead in our sins until we've been regenerated through Jesus Christ. Okay, here's the scripture. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but check this out, but the gift of God is eternal life through who? Jesus Christ our Lord. So we were dead in our sins. Now says Christ, if, I, if you accept me, I will make you alive. Isn't that awesome? So His Spirit regenerates our souls. Romans 8.10-11, check this out. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the Spirit who raised Him, raised Jesus from the dead, is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who lives in you. You should be clapping and cheering right now. Though some of us are getting a little older, right? We're getting a little rounder in the middle, some of us, right? When I get my hair cut now and I'm looking in the mirror, I see it's starting to disappear up here. You know, and some of us, you know, it, and it's whatever. You don't talk about men's hair and you don't talk about women's age and weight, right? Okay, but so, so we're all getting older. We're deteriorating. Isn't that sad? Look at you. You're dying. But you're alive spiritually. I mean, did you know that, that one out of one people die? One out of one people die. Ten out of ten people die. One million out of one million people die. And so before you die, you need to accept Jesus so you're alive spiritually. You got it? And the Holy Spirit regenerates us. Amen. That's a good place. The Spirit gives us life, yes, physically and spiritually. And so we can become alive spiritually and and, and we can hear the voice of God and we can have truth and we can live life and life is tough and, and all that, but God can speak truth and life and direction into us. Amen? And see, the Spirit then makes us a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, creation. The old is gone, the new has come. In other words, you don't have to live your old lifestyle anymore. If you were a liar, if you were a cheater, if you were a, a dealer, if you were an abuser, whatever, when Christ comes to us, you don't have to live that way. You're alive. Amen? Well, Pastor Stan, you're wrong because the psychologists say that because my grandpa had this preposition to this and this, therefore I have that preposition. Yes, you do in the flesh, but if Jesus comes into your life, according to 2 Corinthians 5.17, you no longer are under that sin anymore. You're a new creature. Well, Pastor Stan, you don't get it. My family's Sicilian, so we just get angry all the time. That's called sin. That's called your flesh. I've met Africans like that. I've met Asians like that. I've met Latinos like that. I've met white people like that. I've met Africans. It doesn't matter. It's kiss your sin and God can set you free from that nature. The Holy Spirit regenerates us. This is good preaching. Amen? Come on. He wants to set you free. You don't have to live in that old lifestyle anymore. Amen? All right. The fourth thing, the Holy Spirit, check this out. He lives in us. Oh, there's an old, there's a hymn. Um, he walks with me. He talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives. He lives. We sing it typically during 
Easter season. But you see, the Holy Spirit lives with us as well every day. Everywhere you go. When you go to bed at night, the Holy Spirit's with you. When you wake up in the morning, the Holy Spirit's with you. When you're driving, when you're in the metro, when you're at work, when you're in the park, when you're at the store, the Holy Spirit lives in you. 1 Corinthians 13, 16. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit lives in you? And you see, listen, as Paul was speaking to the Corinthian church, the Corinthian church, they were, they were new in Christ, they were, they were getting filled with the Spirit, they were getting passionate about God, but they were still living in the old way. They were still staying up and getting stoned and getting drunk and having orgies. I'm serious. They were doing all this stuff. You can look at all this. And Paul was saying, the Holy Spirit lives in you. You can't live like that anymore. You can't live like the world. The Holy Spirit's in you now. You belong to God. Let Him help you and be free. Amen? And so Paul was warning them and says, hey, the, the carnal desires you have, they're not from God. Those are from your flesh. And you see, listen, it's the key to change involves acknowledging the Spirit lives in us. Amen? You see, in the U.S. today, the, the church in America, sadly, this country is becoming more like the Corinthian church. And that's not what God desires. The Corinthian church was passionate about their own lives. They were selfish. They were, they were hedonistic. And God is calling us to be different than that. And you see, we have many believers that are controlled by their fleshly desires and they keep the Spirit from growing them up. You see, you, you choke Him out by if you want to keep doing what you used to do. Remember, I said, you don't have to do that anymore. Even though the world says, well, this is what Christians are. We do all that stuff. No, the, the Holy Spirit says, no. I can change you. I can free you from that stuff. You can be free, Amen. In fact, I've got to read this because this is one of the biggest problems in the American church today. 1 Corinthians 16, 18. Flee, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits outside the body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? Check this out. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Do you remember, some of you don't remember this, but there used to be a day when TV would, they would not even have some of the garbage that we have on TV today. I mean, they would, it would be embarrassing to have them. Now you just put it on the TV and there's this like full-on perversion. And now we're used to it. And, and Paul is saying, that's not, it shouldn't be that way. Don't, don't allow yourself to be that way. See, the Holy Spirit's trying to draw you back. Oh, pastor, you're old-fashioned, buddy. No, I want to follow God. I want you to know God. We don't have to be like the world because look what it's doing to the world. They are, they're addicted. They're going through counseling. They've got diseases. The divorce rate is that high in the church. Is it, out, is it outside the church? Why? Because we're listening to the world. And the Holy Spirit saying, Don't. Let me regenerate you. Let me speak truth in you. Let me live in you. Let me help you. Amen? God made sex to be enjoyed in, in, in a marriage relationship. It's awesome. But as I said, when, when you do it outside the marriage, I'm going to do this and I've showed this to you many times. When you do it outside the marriage, your body and heart and soul are one. And every time you have a sexual encounter with another person, you're giving a part of your soul to them. And then when you have another person, you're giving a part of your soul to that person. And then you're giving it to another person. And so you can have years and years and years and years and years and years and years, and years or whatever, and then this is all you have left. And all those things are drawing you all the time because there's a connection to your soul. And here's the good news is the Holy Spirit can give you a new heart. You can start afresh, 
a brand new blank page, and here it says, here, now I live in you, you can be free. I've got to clean up my mess, okay? Or I'll get yelled at. I don't like getting yelled at. I don't like being wrong either, so. <laughs> and don't tell me that. No, I'm just kidding. So the Holy Spirit can free us of our fleshly desires, amen? The Spirit living in us, check this out, the Spirit living in us unfettered will bring spiritual fruit and growth. Why do we resist the Holy Spirit? Well, I'm afraid. I'll maybe roll on the floor and act like a dog. No, demon-possessed people do that. Oh, maybe during the service you guys will speak in that tongues and interpretation. I don't want to be weird. Why is it any weirder than going to a psychic? Why is it any weirder than believing the garbage that the world tells us about? This is God's Spirit speaking to us, giving us truth, filling up our spirits and our lives with life. Amen? This is good stuff. In fact, Romans 8, 5, 3, it says, listen to this. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what the nature desires. That nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind, listen, the mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. You see, the proverb says there is a way that seems right in a man but leads to death. And the world says, you can do all that. You can do all that. Who cares about what Pastor Stan is saying? He's just an old-fashioned hater. He doesn't know what he's saying. In my flesh, I don't know what I'm saying. But because of the Word of God and the Spirit of God, I know what I'm saying is right. And the world tells you you can do what you want. You can't do what you want all the time. You can't jump off a 50-story building and survive. So don't say to the world, you can do what you want. You can't. Don't believe that lie. You can do whatever God helps you to do, but you can't live like the world and expect not to pay the consequences. Amen? Come on, amen? Good and bad. The Spirit helps us to control our fleshly desires. The Spirit helps us to resist the power of the evil one. And though the world is squeezing us, though the world is pulling us astray, the Holy Spirit can give you strength. He can, he can push back the darkness. He can push back those lying voices if you submit to the Spirit. Amen? Number five, the Holy Spirit seals believers. He seals them. S-E-A-L-S. Ephesians 1, 13-14 says, and, and you also were included in Christ Jesus when you heard the word of truth and the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were, listen, you were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are in God's possession to the praise of, of, of His glory. The next scripture, Ephesians 4.30, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit, whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You see, when the Spirit comes into a believer, He basically takes God's invisible stamp and marks it on your life and says, This is mine. Now, remember, do you remember um, in the Old Testament when, when they had what's... Uh, 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 when the angel of death came over Egypt and it said that we're going to take the firstborn and they took the blood of the lamb they put it over the, remember they put the blood over the house and the angels passed over you see when God looks out at the world he sees either sinners or saints and the way he sees that is the Holy Spirit marks us there's a stamp on us boom a, an a, a, a invisible stamp you don't even need tattoos isn't that awesome it's an invisible stamp from God and it says boom this person belongs to me they are redeemed this person is not redeemed. That's all God sees. Either you're redeemed or you're not redeemed. That's all He sees. And so when the Holy Spirit lives in you, it's like a down payment. When you buy a house, you put a down payment on, right? Or you, put, you buy a car. And specifically, when, you, when you're buying a house, 
Uh, it's like a down payment put under purchase of the house. The house is put into escrow, right? And the house is not yours until the house passes or clears escrow, right? How many of you bought a house or a condo, right? And once it's fully sold, then you are the owner of it. Well, you're still paying the bank. You see, what the Holy Spirit does is He, he lives in you. He puts an invisible seal on your life. This is the redeemed of Jesus Christ. They are redeemed, and so when I call them, so when Jesus comes back, that second coming, He sees all those marked with the Holy Spirit, and He calls us home. Isn't that awesome? And so the Holy Spirit seals us until Jesus comes. And so one day, we're still in this earth, so we're still kind of in escrow. One day we'll be pulled out of this earth. Isn't that awesome? And so in the sealing, the Spirit testifies that we are children of God. Number six. Number six, this is very important. This is very, very important. The Holy Spirit guides us. John 16, 13, when He, the Spirit, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but He will speak only what He hears. Okay, I just want to stop there because it says He guides us in truth. Living in the Spirit, check this out, gives you and I direct, direct guidance from God. What does direct mean? Direct. There's no middle man. There's no middle person. You go right to God because the Holy Spirit will speak to you. Amen? Living in the Spirit is, is part of a personal relationship. And when we maintain a, a prayer life, we maintain communion, we maintain fellowship, a divine guidance flow is always available to you 24-7. Isn't it better than some of those helplines when you call, right? Hi, call. Thank you for calling such and such corporation. If you have a problem with your computer, dial 5-8. Thank you for calling. The offices are closed right now. Right? You ever had that? You don't do that with God. It's direct because the Spirit is in communion with His Spirit. Amen? And He speaks to you. You say, God, I need help today. Or God, I need wisdom. I need knowledge. I need guidance today. God says, I will give it to you. Amen? You see, there are many instances in the Bible and specifically in the New Testament where the Spirit guided. In fact, in Acts 8.29, don't turn there, Philip was guided by the Holy Spirit to go up to the eunuch who was on the chariot and he was reading the book of Isaiah and the Holy Spirit told him, go over there. And see, a lot of times we think, man, if I've got to be a witness, I've got to go to the Billy Graham school, I've got to go do this and that. And that helps. But you just got to be open to the Spirit. And the Spirit says, you know what? Your co-worker, your neighbor's in trouble. Just go over there. Just go over there. What? Why? Just go over there. And, the God, and God can speak to you. I don't know how many times I've been on an airplane. You know, sometimes you're on an airplane, you're just tired, you don't want to talk to anybody, right? But there's times, I just go and say, Lord, I know I'm tired, or I've got to get my mind on this. Lord, help me to be a vessel. And there's been many times I've been able to sit on the plane and talk to people about Jesus because I was open to the Spirit's guidance. And it's, it's just that simple. Amen? See, the Spirit, check this out, He wants to help you with your career in your singleness, in your marriage, in your families, with your kids, with your grandkids, with your parents. Did you know the Holy Spirit can help you make good business deals? The Holy Spirit can help you in schools to remember. He can help you to have joy. He can, he can help you. Okay, I'm going to join the military. I'm going to go in this career. What do I do, God? He will speak to you. I want to get married someday, God. Who do I marry? He will speak to you. Amen? The Spirit will give you wisdom Check this out. In dealing with difficult people and difficult situations. You ever, you ever have someone that's difficult? Don't point at the finger at the church people. Don't point at me either. Okay, It's rude. I saw those hands. I'm just kidding. I mean, how many of you know someone at work and they're, just, they're difficult? Come on, don't point at them in here. Like I said, did you know that there are difficult people sent by the devil? 
Did you know there are difficult people that are just being difficult because they like to be difficult? There are some people that are difficult because they're hurting inside. Hurting people hurt other people. Instead of you having to pull your sleeves back and want to fight, you can say, Holy Spirit, would you help me deal with this person? Would you soften their heart? Would you help me to speak into their life? He will tell you. I don't know how many times I've... I've it's, it's been a hard lesson. But I've had to learn. And say, God, help me to deal with this situation. I don't know what to do. Maybe a difficult situation in your business, with your career, with your schooling, with your life, with your family. God can give you wisdom. Amen? God, listen, God's Spirit does not make mistakes. You can trust in the guidance of the Holy Spirit every time. 100% He'll help you every time. You can rest in His direction. Amen? Check this out. The Holy Spirit can also give you creative ideas. You look at Daniel. I've talked about this. Daniel in the Bible had the wisdom of the Holy Spirit upon him. He was the best person at his workplace. You can strive for that. And say, Holy Spirit, give me the wisdom to be the best employee that I can be, or the best boss, the best owner, the best worker I can be, the best lab, the best technician, whatever it is. Amen? Number seven. I've got to move on. I'm going to get down to the end. I'm down to two pages. Isn't this awesome? The Holy Spirit prompts us to worship. I talked about this a little bit last week. The Holy Spirit prompts us to worship. The Spirit prompts us to worship and adore the ever-living God. I know there's times when you and I, we're coming here, we're tired physically, spiritually, emotionally, but there are times when I've come into a worship service and I'm down, I'm tired, and I begin to say, God, I just want to be, I want to hear from you. And the Spirit begins to prompt me to sing. Begins to prompt me to lift my hands. Begins to prompt me to raise my voice. And all of a sudden, I don't even know what happened, but my tiredness is gone. That trouble that I thought I had now is just nothing. The Holy Spirit prompts you to worship. Worship God. When you worship God, there is freedom. There's liberty. The Bible says that we must worship the Spirit. We must worship in spirit and in truth because God is spirit. Amen? Jesus Himself worshiped through the Spirit. Luke 10, 21, part of the Scripture says, at that time, Jesus full of joy through the Holy Spirit. Listen, church, worshiping in the Spirit can lift off heaviness. We used to sing that old song, put on the garment of praise for the Spirit of heaviness. And so when, when you put on the Spirit of praise, it lifts off heaviness. That trial at home, that trial at work, that trial in the world can be lifted when you begin to worship. And I know I talk about this to you, but please, don't shortchange yourself because listen to this. When you come to church and when your spirit is in tune and you're worshiping, parts of the worship experience begins to fill up your soul. It's like, we used to sing another song, Fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up. And when you come to worship, God fills up your cup with full of life, full of oil, the Holy Spirit. But when you come to church resistant with your hands in your pocket, down, your head down, I'm not going to sing, you're emptying yourself out. It's like you're putting a hole in your oil tank or your gas tank. And you're saying, no God, I don't want to be filled. And you're going to burn out. And listen, friends, listen, I know I tease you about this, but, but you rob yourself coming into worship late because you miss worship. Well, I'm tired, Pastor. No, it's just my culture. Then you need to get over that. You're robbing yourself of being filled up with the Spirit of God during the worship time. Why do churches, why do churches make worship important? Because it fills us up. It breaks the hardness of our soul. I'm not trying to get mean on anyone today, but I'm saying if you want God to refresh you, get here. Man, I know we start at 1035, 1040 because I'm waiting on you a little bit and I like to fellowship a little bit. But get here and be ready to worship. Amen? 
You see, God wants to lift you up. We talked about this last week. It says in the, in the Old Testament, in the temple, they raise their voices. The Holy Spirit prompts us to, to raise our voices. There's something about verbal praise. I mean, there's times, like I said, I'm on my face before God. I'm saying nothing. There's times when I'm sitting quietly before God. I'm not saying it. But then there's times when the Holy Spirit incites me to lift my voice. I can't help but say hallelujah. I can't help sometimes shouting to the top of my lungs. Now be careful because at work they might think you're crazy. But that's okay if you're filled with the Spirit. Amen? Let me move on. Number eight. Number eight. The Holy Spirit empowers us for witness. Acts 1.8 But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and the other ends of it. The Holy Spirit gives us holy boldness. Now, I'm just using an example, okay? Not by personal experience, okay? Just listen. And I'm not here to condemn any of you, okay? But when someone has a little too much alcohol, what happens in their lives? They begin to become a different person, don't they? Okay, don't... don't some of you, you just know people right that you just know of other people that have experienced that and you see I've never been drunk with one I'm not condemning you and, and so I remember going off to college I've sent drink, drunk people but at college I saw more drunk people and it wasn't a Christian college it was, like, you know, it was at Colorado State University okay so I went off and I saw people who were meek and mild all of a sudden they, they had a little too many beers and they're a whole different person they're bolder than they've ever been before. They fall and they trip and they don't... It's, it's, it's kind of funny because when people get filled with the spirits, they're, they're different. And when you get filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, you become bolder. It's a holy boldness. It's not a foolishness. It's a holy boldness. In fact, I, this is crazy. I, can, I, I remember in high school, my friends and I, we went to a, an away basketball game. We, we went to cheer our team. We were stopped at Burger King. And there was this guy behind us. He was yelling at us and he was throwing fries at us. And we looked back and of course we saw him like, you know, you guys. And he was cursing at us. And, and the three of us, we said, we could pound this guy, but he ain't going to feel a thing. We could beat the living daylights out of him. And he wasn't feeling, so we just laughed at the guy and we just said, let's go before he actually could do something crazy to us, you know, because he's drunk. You see, when the Holy Spirit, and I'm not saying crazy, but the Holy Spirit in you can protect you from the harm of the enemy. It gives you holy boldness, it gives you holy power, it gives you anointing so that you can go through tough times, amen, and be a witness. Amen? You see, when, when the church was filled with the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, they went out in boldness. And they had a new strength, they had new power, and new gifts. And God gives you that boldness of the Holy Spirit to reach more people. He gives you a holy boldness. He, he protects you from the lies of the enemy. He gives you words to speak into their lies. Amen? That's being filled with the Holy Spirit. Number nine. Number nine. The Holy Spirit enables us to understand and apply what is taught in the Word of God. You see, sometimes in the church we either get, we go to one extreme to the other. We think it's only the Word. We have to hear the Word. We have to hear the Word. And then other churches say, no, we just have to experience God. We have to experience the Holy Spirit. You have to have both. You have to have both. They both work together. You've got to have solid teaching and you have to have experiential movements of God. Amen? Because what happens when a church just focuses on the truth, they become legalistic. And they think they're the only ones that know the truth. Or they become dead. And then if you have a church that's all about the experience, then they start wandering off and getting unscriptural because they don't have truth to guide them in their experience. Amen? And so when, when the Holy Spirit's in us, He enables us to understand and apply what is being taught. Check this out. Dr. George Wood, the, the Assembly of God superintendent, says this, The Spirit not only inspired the Scriptures, but He also caused it to be inspiring. 
So when you open the Word, sometimes you know all this. You've read the Word. You've read a chapter in Matthew 50 times. It meant nothing to you. And then one morning you open, all of a sudden the light came on. That's the inspiration of the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Amen? So when you read the Word, God can open up and He can speak to you. Okay? Whatever the Spirit does, listen, whatever the Spirit does will line up with Scripture because the Spirit inspired the Scripture. Amen? So let me say this. Well, Pastor Stan, there's this church and, or there's this ministry and they're doing this stuff. I'm not really sure. Cool things happen, but I'm not really sure. Then it says, okay, are they lining up with Scripture? Well, I'm not sure. Then if you're not sure, then you probably should not hang around them. You see, there are ministries, and, and, and sadly, and, and again, in the Pentecostal Charismatics, I'm picking on us a little bit, is we have gone to the extreme, we've seen these extreme things and good things happen, like, wow, this is great, but they're unscriptural. But because they're great, and yes, God honors His Word when it gets preached at times, and we're like, wow, this is awesome, but listen to this. Experiences from God will always line up with the Word of God. The two will always, always agree. An experience will never countermand the Word of God. The Word of God will never countermand an experience of God. Do you understand this? And so what happens, again, we have these extremes. And people say, well, the gifts of the Spirit died. No, they didn't. That's not even scriptural. And then you have other churches say, well, we're so full of the Spirit, we just go and go with the flow and we do whatever we want and whatever. And you can't just do whatever. Paul said there has to be some order in whatever. He said that in Corinthians. Everything has to honor God. Amen? You see, the river of the Word and the river experience will always flow together to glorify God. And the Spirit helps us to understand that. So there are lots of ministries that they say they're of God, but you're like, there's something not right there. That's probably the Spirit warning you about that. Or you can look at it straight up and say, that's not scriptural. You see, whenever a minister or a ministry says, I got a word from an angel, and the angel told me this, be weary of those ministries. Angels do speak to us, but angels are like those Spirit. They always say, look to Jesus. Look to God. They never say, look at me or I've got this new revelation. And anyone ever says to you, listen, if anyone ever says to you, I have a new revelation from God that no one else has, you need to walk away. Because everything revealed by God is open to all of us. Now there are people that are more wiser than you, they're more open to the Spirit and they might see it sooner than you, but it doesn't mean that you cannot be revealed by the Holy Spirit. And if they say, well, I have a new teaching, the Assemblies of God is wrong, the Baptists are wrong, the Methodists are wrong, Lutherans are wrong, I have a new word, I'm going to write a new book, you need to run away from them. Amen? Because the experience of God and angels of God are always going to line up with the Word of God. Amen? Good preaching, amen? That's what the Holy Spirit does. He enlightens us and He he brings truth and we understand the Word of God and we understand the will of God. The Spirit is faithful in applying the Word of God to our The last thing, number 10. The Holy Spirit will give life to our mortal bodies. Oh, isn't that awesome? You see, the work of the Spirit is also preparing you for when you get called to heaven. Romans 8, I read this earlier, when the Spirit, and if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who lives in us. It will be that Spirit or the Holy Spirit that will raise you up spiritually at the second resurrection. We will live forever in heaven with God. I know in churches we don't hear that a lot anymore. We don't hear about being in heaven with Jesus. It's kind of sad. And I know sometimes I get so busy trying to teach so many scriptures, I don't get to talk about it. But you see, our goal is not to live on this earth forever because we're not. Remember, one out of one people die. Got that? Ten out of people, ten out of people die. 
So we're going to die, but the good news is Jesus has redeemed us and the Spirit is preparing us so He'll raise us to life. And let me read this last scripture to you just to give you some hope. Revelation 21, 3 and 4. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men and He will live with them and they will be His people and God Himself will be with them and be their God. Check this out, verse 4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. You see, our old bodies, they can die. But when we get to heaven because the Holy Spirit's going to redeem us and raise our bodies up again, there's going to be no more sickness, no more taxes, no more bad breath, no more Democrats, no more Republicans, no more terrorists, no more stealing, no more cancer. I hate cancer. I hate sicknesses and that kill and destroy people. But when we're with God, because God is redeeming our mortal bodies, we're going to be with God in heaven forever. No more hungry people. No more impoverished people. Isn't this awesome? You've got to live for it. Say, man, Holy Spirit, enliven my body. Would you stand with me this morning? Spirit of God, would you speak to us right now? Would you breathe life into us right now? Would you, would you awaken our mortal bodies? Would you awaken our spirit this morning to what you're going to teach us? Would you help us to receive the gifts of the Spirit, receive the fruit of the Spirit? Would you help us to receive your truth in life, God? Because we want to be full. We don't want to just make it in life. We don't want to just survive. We don't want to just put our heads down and hope that you come soon. Lord, we want to thrive through the Holy Spirit. We want to be changed by the Holy Spirit. We want to live life to its full because that's what you desire for all of us. And so this morning, Holy Spirit, I don't know exactly what you're going to do, but I know you want to move in people's hearts right now. And so, Spirit of God, would you prepare our minds? Friends, would you just drop your resistance to the Holy Spirit? He doesn't want you to do weird things to draw attention to you. He wants to fill you up with goodness. He wants to fill you up with power. He wants to give life to your mortal body. He wants to give life to your mind and your spirit. He wants to do the miraculous. He wants you to live an extraordinary life. So, Spirit of God, we right now submit our lives to you. And friends, maybe some of you, with your eyes closed, your heads bowed, maybe some of you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, who is the Savior of the world. Remember I said that no person comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. And maybe you're in here and the Holy Spirit has been wooing you, He's been drawing you, trying to say to you, you need to commit your life to Christ. And you're ready to do that today with your eyes closed, your heads bowed. And you're saying, Pastor Stan, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life for the first time. I want to accept Him as my Savior, give my life to Him. Would you raise your hand up and say, that's me. I want to accept Christ. I want to accept Christ. Okay, hands down. Lord, for those who raise their hands, let them now just confess their sins and let them be filled with your love, your power, and your spirit. Jesus be the Lord of their lives. Now, here's the last couple things I want to just pray over you right now. This morning, and if you want to come up this morning, you say, you know what? I want to hear the voice of the Spirit more than the voice of the world. I don't want to be deceived anymore. I want you to come to the front. I want to pray with you. You don't have to, but if you want, I want to pray with you. I want to, I want to anoint you with oil today. So you know what? I don't want to hear the voice of the world anymore. It's, conce- it's, it's deceiving. It's confusing. I want to clearly hear the voice of God. I want you to come to the front. Come to the front. You say, you know, you say, Pastor Stan, I want my life to exalt Jesus. I want you to come to the front. I want my words and my actions to exalt Jesus. I want you to come to the front. Or if you say, you know what, Pastor Stan, I need to be regenerated. This world has been sucking life out of me. I need the Holy Spirit to regenerate me. Would you come to the front right now? I want to pray with you. I want to anoint with you oil. I want God to free you up. Say, some of you, and we're not here to condemn you. Say, you know what, Pastor Stan? My fleshly desires are making me trip up. I want to be free of these desires. Would you come to the front and say, I want God to fill me, and I can be free of that. Some of you this morning say, you know what, Pastor Stan? 
I resist worship, but I want to be free because I want to be filled up. Would you come right now? Say, I want to be free to worship. I want to be filled up right now. Come on down. If you want to exalt Jesus with your life, if you want to be regenerated, if you want to not be afraid, if you want to be free to worship, if you want God to help you with your flesh and desires to, to, to hold back those things, if you want guidance, you know what? I need to hear the voice of God. I don't want to hear the voice of the world. I want to hear the voice of God. Would you come down? See, maybe you say, you know what, Pastor, I've got this decision I have to make, or I'm waiting on this decision. I need God's wisdom. Would you come to the front? I want to pray with you this morning. Come on. I need God's wisdom about something, about a business deal, about marriage, about schooling, about life, about this relationship. God wants to guide you. Come on. Maybe you say, you know, Pastor, I want this holy boldness. I want to be filled with the Spirit so I can be a witness for God in the workplace, in my school, my home, my neighbor. Come to the front. Come on. I want to be filled with God's Spirit. So I will not be ashamed and I will speak God's boldness and truth to those around me who need to. Come on, Holy Spirit, have your way right now. Holy Spirit, speak to every person, every man, every woman that came to the front right now. Fill us up with wisdom. Fill us up with knowledge. Fill us up with truth, Father God. We want you. So anytime you want to be prompted by the Holy Spirit, you want to come down. I'm going to pray. Pray out. Pray out where you're at. Where you're seat right there. Maybe you didn't come up. Pray out. Say, God, I want more of the Spirit. I want to be filled. I want to be regenerated. I want life. I want to be encouraged. by the Holy Spirit. We want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We want guidance in our business plans and in our future with our kids, with our marriage. We want to be in our singleness, God. We want to have guidance. We want to be regenerated. All of us need to be regenerated. We want to be prompted to worship so when worship comes on, when we're at home, we're in the garden, we're somewhere driving, we can just worship because the Spirit prompts us to worship. We're not afraid, God. We want to be filled up. We want our lives and church